It's such a great honor to be here again today. And like I've said, I welcome all. Thank you, Livingstone. I welcome all those who are watching in all the centers across London this afternoon. It's such a great inspiration to see how many young and older people. Oh, yes, of course, I missed Uganda, Southampton, Czech Republic. I welcome you in God's name. Um, to see how much we respond to these things. I know, apart from the family houses, all the centers are filled up and full up with young and old and people who either just seek a better life or seek God or seek both. So my job this afternoon is very short because the time I've got with you is short because we want to close the service so that you can also meet people um, within your centers and our fellowship together and so I thank all the houses and I've seen breakfast this morning I've seen all sort of things going on in all the nations thank you thank you for being a generation that stands to love God when we sing songs like that when the devil hears the church he hates it he likes concerts. He likes shows and all that is fine. But the church is his headache because it stops him. It stops him from ad advancing his agenda on earth. And in case you're watching for the first time today. And you're asking what do you mean by his agenda? Do you see the kind of city we live in? Do you see the depression do you see how much pharmaceuticals make from our young people that are going through depressions filled up with drugs as if it's chicken and chips? Do you see the asylums, the mad peoples and court homes filled to the brim? And imagine they're telling us that our prisons and, and asylums and, and, and mental hospitals have more young people than the universities have do you see the oppression of all political parties in other words when these political parties come they couldn't change they can't change anything it doesn't matter if it is conservative or labor i can't even talk about africa that's even worse in africa you have churches on every street but you have no change in nobody's life the same custom where I grew up, born into 40 years ago, still the same. And I, an idea of a God that doesn't change the world, but everybody just wants him to change their individual lives. And when the church and the church people, or Christian people, have neglected their community, they become victims of it eventually. No matter how much God blesses you, if you live in a downgraded country, you're still poor. Because a one-eyed man leads blind people and he thinks that he sees. So when I was growing up in the Pentecostal movement of Nigeria, they say no matter, I mean, they have this sort of prayer. They say things like, you know, no matter how bad the situation of the country gets and how poor people are, the economy is down. Let me just pray for you that your own life is just good. What a people 
what a religion will inherited so i feel like this afternoon i just want to run you through a story quickly stories are powerful and i thought about a man called moses i've been talking about david and i'll pause that till thursday because of time moses was a descendant of slaves but the problem is even if if a person is a descendant of slaves if a slave is born in the right time it would end up to be a king so our job as people of color is not to complain about what happened to our ancestors it is to be open to the times we were born into because times change slaves to kings uh, times will give you battles in other words whenever you belong to a community that inherits a battle God's time always come for you to be the one to fight that battle Moses a descendant of slaves and it was also born in a time of oppression but if a right person is born in the right time it doesn't matter what oppression is going on around you you become the change for that oppression even though at a time in your life you would have to make a choice if you're gonna be the change or you're just going to flow with what you met I believe that the gathering of the nation family those of you watching this afternoon are just people who have determined not to be victims of our religion <laughs> we don't want to be victims of our culture we don't want to be victims of our history so it's okay to celebrate black history month but i don't want to participate because i want a new world where it is neither black or white it is people i want a new world where it is neither church nor mosque it is kingdom i don't want a church world i want kingdom jesus said lift up your eyes the harvest is here the kingdom is here it is not denomination and so moses even though it was a descendant of slavery I'm, I'm trying to tell you the odds against Moses descendants of slaves in Egypt at the time born in a season of oppression adopted by the oppressor did you hear that anyways it's Sunday so Moses get into the house of the oppressor of his people and he grew there undefined Moses was an undefined character because he was just an adopted kid drawn out of the water but God has a defined a definition for the life of Moses anyways he grows in the palace he was referred to as Sarah, I mean Pharaoh's son the oppressor's son but again he's got one thing going for him he's just born at the right time at this time God will need a savior for Israel to come out of Egypt perhaps I'm talking to people who God raised in such a time as this to be the ones to liberate their community liberate their their religion liberate 
their family. Maybe you are. Maybe that's your story. Maybe that's what God made you to be here for. Maybe you're not just on earth to mark time. When you buy a house, when you get a car, including when you get married, you're just marking time. Why? You met all those things here and you're going to leave it here. So life must be more than that. For Moses, life must be more than that. If that is the totality of life, then it's not worth living because those things are hard, not just to get, to keep. You know, the problem is not getting things. The problem is even keeping it because you will work twice as hard. There's a bigger purpose. Anyways, Moses grows up in the house of Pharaoh. And when it was a certain age, the Bible says it came into his heart. Imagine this guy has seen all the wealth in Pharaoh's house, but there was something in his heart just saying there's more than this. It came into his heart and Moses realized that his purpose in life was more than all the pleasures of the palace of Pharaoh. It was more than all the command and the wit and the power. The Bible calls Moses a very witty guy. He's very eloquent. And all this why God is looking at Moses and saying, look, I don't need your eloquence in order to fulfill what you need to do in life. By the time you will meet Moses later, it, will, it became a stammerer. Imagine one would have thought his eloquence would give him nations. One would have thought that the fact that he's living in the house of Pharaoh will give him nations. The problem is, even if Pharaoh invites you to his palace, when the time comes, when the destiny you're created for begins to bubble in your heart, Pharaoh cannot keep you in the palace. So the palace is to be taken, not to hide in. When purpose began to bubble on the inside of Moses, the palace was not enough for him anymore. And you would almost ask Moses, what else do you need? And Moses was saying, no, there's a bigger call. I see all the beautiful women in the palace. They're at my beck and call. Yes. I see when, my, when Moses' chariot, you know, when I preached about Prince Mo, some few years ago, when his chariot is approaching the city, everybody is clapping and saying, Prince Mo is coming. You see the slaves and the peasants and the rich bow because the prince, possibly the next king of the most powerful nation at that time is coming. Everybody bows. But you see all that fame and all that wealth and all that everything was not his. Oh God. His own wealth is in his purpose. His own wealth is in, is in is paving his way, fighting through a battle. His wealth as good as it is. So I'm not condemning wealth. I'm just saying there is a time that you are invited to the palace and God says, palace is good but nation is my purpose for you. So if I were you, I would not be worried if I'm not invited into the palace because it only means that God has a bigger purpose for me. I feel that there is a call of God over someone watching tonight and all the troubles in your heart. 
however you've carried out that trouble all the trouble in your heart is God's voice all your mistakes is God's voice all your shortcomings is God's voice someone say how can you say that because at the point and at the height of Moses' call he commits murder now Moses commits murder because of the of the agitation of the pain in his heart like pastor pk said earlier today the pain in his heart was burning something i do hope that you don't let go of pain i do hope that you don't live a pain-free life because in pain lies power I told you last Sunday that as Jesus was groaning on the cross, he was birthing a new generation. Without Jesus' pain, Peter does not enter into power. Even though Peter has heard about power, but without his pain, the pain of Christ is not entering into power. Now there is a generation that is looking up to most of you watching right now, and your pain is supposed to birth their power until we birth a community that is not oppressed by police because we are black until we birth a community that is not oppressed by the system and shut out of number 10 because we are in court sons of former slaves until we get to a place where they are not just inviting us to the king's table because of black lives matter but they are inviting us because of our value our worth that is what God is calling you for and most times there there is no breath of that without pain and so don't let our oppressors don't let them numb our pain how do they numb our pain they give us entertainment as I'm speaking right now let me use the country I come from as an example and I'm not knocking out I'm not knocking out um, um, entertainment but imagine a country that is so pained a people without direction a country where people are trying to run out of and escape to another nation do you know how much it pains me to see that people want to leave Africa to go live in another country and you forget that the only reason why you like that other country is because they have leadership and Nigeria has not decided one day to just shut down and say no church no mosque no school we deserve change no they are sitting in front of television watching big brother house and that's all their joy if you give them that you numb their pain after that they will take drugs and life is good until one time in history there's answers you finish that and you move on because entertainment is back yes you can celebrate that some of you won grammy but Grammy without granite, you know, just granite on people's table. It's not Grammy for nobody. It makes no sense. And sometimes we have to clap for these things because if you don't, the internet people will not think you are part of them. But I refuse to be part of a generation whose pain is numbed by entertainment. Who refuse to listen to the voice of God. Remember that Moses had all the entertainment in this world, in the palace. How much entertainment can you have? watching Big Brother, uh, the sons of your oppressors have entertainment from Dubai to Singapore. They can hire private jet and go anywhere in the world and you are just here. You're just gonna watch that for another year and you're waiting for another season and the country is rotten away. The oldest, the most fickle are your leaders. What 
to the land the bible says when your king is a child and your and your princes are sons of slaves prayer is not going to fix that i was born into prayer i was told every year it's going to get better but my issue is not nigeria so let me leave that for a moment so moses moses abandoned all this entertainment and all this fun stuff because there was something deeper on the inside of Moses that was calling him to a better purpose and when the better purpose is calling you it is pain you know Moses was not in any physical pain he had everything oh God but there is a pain that drags you to Calvary there's a pain that is bigger than just the wound in the ends. There's a pain of heart. And maybe some of you are looking at those pains in your communities. You're looking at, and you know, when you have a pain, sometimes every other person around you don't see it. And then they ask, what is wrong with you? Why are you, why are you spagnation? Why are you guys thinking that you can change the whole world? What's wrong with you? Just be normal. But there's a pain that is just too deep. Why can you not just, you know how many times we've been, we've been beaten by our community, talked against, lied against, and we say, we're not even doing this anymore. But you see the pain. The pain just says, you know what? I've got to just go back. I cannot not help. Let me remove this so we can close. nations but you know I just wanted to tell you a story entertainment numbs pain and I don't mind entertainment but it numbs pain have you seen drunkards before they are trying to hide a pain because pain by itself is intoxicating did you hear that Pain is like alcohol. For love is like death. Did you read that in your Bible? When love grips a man, it's like death. So when we love our community, it's like death for that community. Anyways, so Moses' pain drags him now to obscurity. Moses for his pain. But you know, inside that pain, when you start the journey called pain, you've started a journey called purpose. And purpose drags him from prominence into obscurity for a while, for a moment. And that obscurity is become like a guy who will become nothing. But God has a plan. God says, Moses, what you did not know is that in your pain was hidden heaven and earth. In your pain was hidden while you were born. In your pain was hidden the power Moses, Moses, listen to these guys. Moses carried the power of God, raw, powerful, without a day of prayer. Pain is prayer. Did you see Jesus praying in the garden of Jessamine? So don't pray without pain. It will just be pleasure seeking. And God don't mind giving you pleasure. It gives us all things to freely enjoy. But then it says, you see those things are just to lead you into a more powerful position. 
Moses had so much power. This was the guy that opened the Red Sea, not one day of prayer. In fact, the only time you saw him with God praying was 40 days. God asked him to come. But you see, Moses is not even where I'm going. Backside of the desert and his pain kept him for 40 years. He would rather be in obscurity than be in the palace. Once purpose has hit him. Nothing else matters. All the great welcome that he gets from the city when he's going out as Prince Mo. All the beautiful women in the palace means nothing. Once the pain hit him, it came into his heart. He saw that his own people were being oppressed. And 40 years after, he encounters God and God says, now go and deliver them. Moses says, I have no capital. I don't even have anyone. I've got nothing. God says, um, look at that rod in your hand. Take it with you. That rod's got everybody because that rod is the system of Egypt. It became serpent. Moses gets to Egypt, stands before Pharaoh and tells Pharaoh, let my people go. This guy has the audacity to walk into a country where he's been declared a fugitive, a murderer. He walks back into the country and he just does not sneak in. He comes in to ask for three million people to leave. He's come to us to bankrupt because upon that slavery, the economy thrives. He's come to ask them to bankrupt their economy. He's come to ask them for what has never been done before. It was only at that time that Moses finds definition for him. What I'm trying to tell you is there are situations that you are born into, but that's not your definition. Uh -uh. your definition comes the day you have an encounter with pain someone says well you know your lifestyle when you have an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ I'm saying that's fine but I don't know what that means I had an encounter with pain and that pain drove me to Christ what I was created to change made me know that I needed a superior power to send me to go change it you didn't hear me no, no, no. If this was Thursday, I'm just saying that it is not encounter him first. Then try to use him. I encountered my pain. The things that I was called to this earth to change. Then God set me up to meet me and said, no, Moses, in your former life, you tried to send yourself. And that's why you can only kill one person. Because the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. He said, but now your pain has brought you to this place now. Now we will send you. We define Moses, God, in the encounter of the burning bush, defined bush. Uh -huh. It defined bush, it defined fire. We thought fire was meant to consume bush, but God says, no, let's define this thing. And God sends him out. Can I quickly speak to the women right now? Um, I ask you for defined space. The woman that was out of Eden is different from the woman that was in Eden. After the fall, Adam calls her Eve. Before the fall, she was Ish, Isha. She was just a blind.
blank woman. And God says, let me define what womanhood means. And so when people tell you you're not being a real woman, ask them, define it. Because you saw how Eve fell yesterday. We saw that in the word summit. It fell, she fell because she couldn't define the word die. Satan said you will surely not die. She doesn't know the meaning. So what I'm saying to you as a woman is just before marriage, before you want to become anything you want to become in life, ask yourself who is a woman? Eve is Eve. Sarah is a woman. Those are two different situations. Have you seen Jesus? Jesus never called Mary mother. Always calls her woman. Until the fulfillment, the birth of the new life. As Mary began to believe more, she became mother. But Jesus never looked at her and said, Mother, never. Read through your Bible. Don't let your pastors bamboozle you. Called Mary, woman. Meaning, in the first place, you were here to bring me here. Motherhood is different. Mother is birth. The birthing of nation, that's why I put that on Sarah. Did Eve give birth? Yes, but not according to the lineup of God. So God waited until Sarah's womb was dead. Her pain became her power. The pain of barrenness. God elongated that pain in order to birth Isaac nations. Anyways, Moses encounters God so that I can stop this story. Goes back to Egypt. As Pharaoh, let my people go that they may serve me. The only reason for freedom is service, not prosperity. Service is what defines prosperity. You prosper according to service, not according to bank account. As you get rich in service, everything you need for it prospers you you prosper whatever is created you for happens in the midst of service he said let my people go that they may serve me they leave egypt now you know the story many signs moses was so powerful moses will command bees and locusts it will bankrupt the, the the economy of egypt mighty things happen then they go to the red sea and they didn't know the way to go. Moses actually, by the system, parted the Red Sea. Sorry, by the rod. Parted the Red Sea. Sorry, by the serpent. Parted the Red Sea. Made road in the middle of the mightiest ocean. And did all these great works. Would you not look at Moses and say, what a guy. But you see there's an issue. The story I started was not about Moses it's about Joshua Joshua is who I want to talk about I've got five minutes to do that imagine all the mighty things that Moses did one day God says this to a young guy who used to follow Moses around he was actually a jobless guy but he needed to follow around to know the system. He was born into that. He sits at the foot of the mountain when Moses is up there. Moses was building system. And I love the introduction of God to Joshua. God did not have a personal and quote encounter with Joshua. It tells him this. Look at this scripture. 
After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord. Did you see how they defined Moses? He was just a servant. Why was he that powerful? Servant. Service. This guy parted the Red Sea and you're telling me he's not a powerful man. No, he's a servant. This guy made manna rain in the wilderness. You're telling me this guy is not powerful? Servant. No wonder when Paul wants to introduce himself, he says, Paul, a bond servant. Once Paul puts his pen to paper and writes that, he will begin to see revelation because he's servant. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. Did you see that? Did you see the definition again of Joshua? They didn't call him a mighty man. They just said, another servant. Moses' servant. Moses' assistant. What did God say to him? Moses, my servant is dead. Period. That's all I want to say. God looks at Joshua and says, the old system is gone. If you want to take the land, it is not the ones that fought for you to come out of Egypt. It's not the same system. Moses, my servant, is dead. The old church system we met, dead. The system of church we met, dead. Does that mean it is not servants of God? It is, but it's dead. It is not going to get us to the promised land. And then it tells him, if you don't reckon that system dead, you will try to reenact it. You will believe in it and you will try to build church like those. Then you'll be looking for the revival in 1960. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. So since Thursday at the summit of the strategy and the structure for the new church and maybe this affects your personal life to God says every system you're born into dead it's looking for a new generation they inherited pain but you see there are two different pains there's a pain of aspiration and there's a pain of oppression what Joshua inherited was the pain of aspiration did you hear that? What Moses had was the pain of oppression. They've gone through oppression. They fought their way out. The pain that Joshua will not now carry is aspiration. How do we get nations? How do we get lands? And God then looked at Joshua and said, this is what you do. Now therefore. Now therefore. I love this. Did you hear that? Look at this. Now it's back. Now, therefore, what should you do? Arise. Go over this Jordan. Did you hear that? Don't stay where my servant Moses was. They were shot beyond, I mean, behind the Jordan. God says, now that the old system is dead, go beyond the church walls. Go beyond your nation walls. Go beyond what you used to know. If you are sitting down there this morning and you feel like you're depressed and every wrong thing, mad things have gone on in your life and you look at your parents' life and it's like you inherited it from generation. Go beyond. Go over this Jordan. The Jordan was a river. 
<laughs> but remember, remember this that Moses parted a river, right? Well, there's always new river, it is the river of aspiration. What happened to the black community was we fought for freedom, but we didn't fight to take the land because then we, we encountered another Jordan and we had no Moses. Because you know why we had no Moses? We didn't know that it is now Joshua, it's not Moses. So we're looking for Moses. We're still looking for, oh, I remember Martin Luther King movement. No, Moses, my servant, is dead. Joshua looks different, but he has the power of Moses because he's the servant of the same mission. It's just the former mission was from the oppressor. The now mission was to take the land, to take nations, to take the banking world, Spark Nation. That's what you're called for, to go beyond this Jordan. Uh, are you listening to me? To take the entertainment world, go beyond it, go over this Jordan. To take the whatever world, that is your new pain. That is your new fight. That is why you're gathered in all the cinemas and the houses right now. So the old dimension must be truly dead. So why did we not enter? We were looking for Moses. The young black, white, young people are still looking for Moses. They are looking for those who look like. So if Joshua comes with a chain, if he comes with, with, you know, they were also looking for Elijah because the scripture says that before Jesus come, Elijah will have to return. Do you, have you seen that in scriptures before? But what did they see? They saw John the Baptist and they thought, this is not Elijah, but he, and where was this guy baptizing? By the Jordan. No, no, you didn't hear me. You didn't hear me. If this was Thursday, I would dive into it, but not today. It was just by the Jordan. Elijah had returned, but he has returned as Joshua. And he says, go beyond, go over this Jordan, you and all this people to the land which I am giving to them. In Moses, it was, it was taken. In Joshua, it was given. Take everything the Israelite, I mean the Egyptian had. So what is the gap there? They took what the Egyptians had. They used it to form a tabernacle for God. God says, now Joshua generation, you can now take nations. I want to give you all the nations. That's why God has called us as a nation. Wherever you are tonight, this afternoon, it is not dependent on your intelligence, your school certificate, um, how many people you know. You're just born at the right time. That's why you're listening to me now. The pain of aspiration. The pain of what's next that God wants to give you. I want to close this service in a minute. When this is over, when the service is over, if you are in your gathering for the first time they're gonna invite you to the hotel they're gonna talk to you they're gonna ask you to go beyond this current Jordan they're gonna tell you it is true you were born into something and it is also true you can come to a place where you accept that life is always gonna be like this or you're everywhere looking for a better life maybe you just thought this magnificent people look rich if I'm there I will be rich well that may be true, but without Joshua, we're not attaining anything. David had to literally reconcile as dead.
For those of us who are leaders in this house, I'm just saying to you that God asked us to keep announcing that the old church way is dead. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. You ain't going to find them no more. So I just want to see a pastor that looks like pastor, dead. You'll have to go look for Moses. And God protected the body of Moses so much so because he knows that people monumentalize things. Till today, nobody knows where he was buried. Like the tree of life, they exhumed this body and there was fight in heaven about the body of Moses. They disputed the book of Jude taught us that. Because God does not want a place where they always go to worship and say, we're worshiping Moses. He said, that order is gone. Did you want to read something? Tell me quickly. I want to close. Therefore, the time has come. For Can you, you make this microphone work, guys? Therefore, the time has come. For you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. I think God is looking for servants and leaders in all the centers and beyond, from Czech Republic to Congo. Maybe you have nothing, you have no capital, but you are a revolutionary leader. What makes you that? You're listening to a servant of God. You've seen what we revolutionized here. It wasn't based on capital, not money. It's been sent. Our pain made us find God. Pain is a navigation system into God. In Africa, when that generation is pained enough, you, pain and entertainment don't work together. When the pain reaches a place, change happens. But it's not pain now. Everybody just wants to escape poverty. So there's no pain. Pain is constant. That makes change constant. Pain is the fuel for change. And so when the Israelites felt, we've been in this valley for too long. God says, I'll raise a new generation. And for their wilderness story, God had to wait till the older people were gone. And a generation that did not know Egypt came up. They didn't just know Egypt at all. So fighting was natural for them. Hunting was just a game. Taking nation was, it's like you're looking at a generation that knew nothing else to do than take nation. That was the wilderness generation. Wilderness experience leaves you no choice than to take nations. And that's why I love the saying that says, behind every strong person is a strong story that left them no choice. If you still have choice, you're not going to fight. So what I'm seeing is are people fighting out of poverty. And when you want to get out of that, when you want to get out of poverty or, or segregation or whatever, li limited dream, that pain drove us to Christ. We're saying, Christ, if you send us with authority, we'll take the nation. We're not going to be on the street distributing leaflets because that wasn't our pain. Sorry, Christians, I'm sorry. Our pain was societal transformation. So what will you be on the street giving? Hope, prosperity. Nobody is too small for that. Moses was a descendant of slaves. Things were so bad that the parents abandoned him. And Joshua was a child of the wilderness. 
for every child of the wilderness born in the right season is a nation taker then God gives Joshua strategy he said make it a partnership now get all the 12 tribes and get family heads he said you remember you have a guy when my former servant when my servant was alive his best partner was Caleb they became partners based on perspective not church attendance there were 12 people that attended the same church and Moses the servant of God sent them out to spy a land so they were all in the same group but they distinguished themselves and became best of friends based on their warrior spirit because it was only Joshua and Caleb that said we are able to take the land they became best of power the other 10 God says I don't need this 10 the report the other 10 brought was true it was true they said the land is filled with giant da, 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 da. it was true but God says I don't walk with those kind of truth my truth is the truth Joshua and Caleb said we are well able to take the land so let me see about two or three hundred comments saying we are well able so maybe what you're looking for around your auditorium right now is Caleb maybe what you're gonna do this month is to look for your own Caleb as Joshua or look for your own Joshua as Caleb they are nation takers they are kids of wilderness wilderness kids are nation takers and maybe in your own gathering right now you're just going to run to one of the leaders and say I've been going through depression things are down I'm down but I want to break free right now maybe your school or college called you too little but I wanted to remember that Moses was an abandoned child and God was taking him to take a land maybe you're watching me this afternoon and you have so much pain in your life it's a navigator to destiny maybe it's time to to embrace it yeah don't forget that the pain of Moses was not bodily pain or lack so it is pain of aspiration it is pain of deliverance and the pain of Joshua is that of aspiration everyone in life falls into one of these categories people will refuse to be talked down upon people will refuse the voice of Satan telling them you cannot do it and I've just told you indeed when you look at the land it looks big but God is looking for a Joshua generation but you can't use the old system so I think after four days of preaching I'm just telling you tonight and today that the old church system dead we met the geo system and all that dead Moses God's servant is dead are there Joshua's in this house well able people lift up your voice and let's sing this together this afternoon tell me